Welcome to the weekly podcast of Soul Purpose Evangelical Church, located in the city of Middletown, New York. Today's message will be brought to you by our senior pastor, Reverend Albert Feliciano Sr. Each week we stream our live recorded services to encourage, build up, and edify our listening audience. Our aim is to share with you the uncompromised and infallible word of the living God. Our prayer is that today's message will draw you closer in your relationship with Jesus Christ. And now, here is Pastor Albert with today's word. And the title of the message tonight is going to be, Don't Follow the Fad. Don't Follow the Fad. Amen? Praise God. So here we go. Do not follow the fad. I'm going to be reading from 2 Peter verses, uh, excuse me, 2 Peter chapter 3, verses 8 through 18. I'm going to tell you right now off the top that uh, you should keep 2 Peter chapter 3 open in your Bibles. We're going to be talking a lot about this particular chapter. Amen. But for the purpose of our open, we're going to, the Lord is not slack concerning his promises as some count slackness, but as long come as a thief in the night, in which the heavens will pass away with a great noise, and the elements will melt with fervent heat. Both the earth and the works that are in it will be burnt up. Therefore, since all these things will be dissolved, what manner of God, because of which the heavens will be dissolved, being on fire, and the elements will melt with a fervent heat. Nevertheless, we, according to his promise, look for a new heavens and the new earth in which also our beloved brother Paul, according to the wisdom given to him, has written to you, as also in all his epistles, speaking in them of these things, in which are some things hard to understand, which untaught and unstable people twist to their own destruction, as they do also the rest of the scriptures. You, therefore, beloved, since you know this beforehand, beware lest you also fall from your own steadfastness, being led away with the error of the wicked, but grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus. Christ. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. So I don't know if you're able to see the PowerPoint at all. So I don't even know if I need to use this. Praise God. But um, what I want to do is start to talk a little bit about the word fad, because I could already sense that some of you might be thinking, why is the pastor using this word fad in relation to everything that we're going uh, through right now? So let me just define what that word means. A fad is an intense and widely shared enthusiasm for something, especially one that is short-lived and without basis in the object's qualities. It's a craze, uh, an exaggerated zeal. Now, there's no question that the whole coronavirus, the, the COVID thing that we're going through right now is not a fad. I'm not minimizing the destructive nature of the fad. Amen? But uh, while I'm not minimizing, I'm not calling it a fad, but uh, I do believe that this will be a short-lived 
uh, a phenomenon, that it's not going to last forever. I believe we will overcome. We will all get through this whole entire uh, uh, trial that we're all going through. Uh, this social distancing, the mask wearing, the hand sanitizing, all this stuff can be considered fad-like, right? It's not a fad, but in its enthusiasm, in its practice, in, in its definition, it may appear to be some kind of a terrible fad. Uh, but again, I'm not using the word fad to, to that they are terrified, they're afraid, they're anxious, they can't sleep at night. There's a dread that is consuming literally the whole world. Everybody is gripped by fear, a calamity. Now, the children of God, listen, you don't have to be afraid of calamity. You don't have to be afraid of a, of a pestilence or a plague. You don't have to live with anxiety. Glory to God. It's important for us to understand that we, the children of God, are not reserved for judgment, for the wrath of God. God's uh, people will be kept from judgment upon the earth. Now, this is not to say that we will not suffer. We will have times of suffering. We will go through persecution. We know of Christians that are being beheaded in the Middle East. We know of Christians that are being locked up. A few years ago, we had a town clerk. Uh, locked up for, for six days because she refused to marry a same-sex couple. We're seeing persecution now uh, like never before. But I can tell you with all truth, the persecution coming to the Christian community is going to get even worse and worse before it gets any better. That's a true statement. But every trial, every crisis, every single thing that we're going through, listen, God uses it for his benefit, for his glory. He'll use the crisis and the trial to prune some things off of you, to shape you, to mature you, to develop you as a firm believer in Jesus Christ. He will build you up and encourage you. And the thing that was set to destroy you would actually be the very thing that God uses to turn everything around in your life and grow you up so that you're not a thumb-sucking Christian anymore. We're at the, the day and age now where, where we have the church in, in such a lukewarm state. It's a mixture of hot and cold. We, we're Christian on Sunday, but we live like the devil Monday through Saturday. And we are in a perpetual state of infancy. It's time for the church to gird up thy loin and buckle up and, and, and strap in and let's get down to business. Jesus called you to be the church. He called you and I uh, to be ambassadors of heaven. You were called for a greater purpose. And let me tell you, Jesus didn't go and come from heaven. He didn't come to earth to go to the cross and bus to give you a place to hang out on Wednesday nights or Sunday mornings or wherever you go to church. Amen. There's more to it than that. There's a world that is lost. There are people that are dying and they're dying on our watch. There are so many people that believe there's a change. There's no sincerity of heart. It's just uttering some words. There's so much false doctrine out there. There's so many false practices. People are dying and they are not aware that they are destined to hell forever and ever. We'll get there. God wants us in the midst of our trial to count it all joy. Whenever you face trials, whenever you face life, whomsoever means you and me. Place. So many people think it's about a, a red pajama suit guy wearing guy. And it's not that the devil is evil. He hates you. He wants to kill you. 
But hell is a place that was prepared for the devil and the fallen angels. It was never meant for human beings to end up there. It was a place prepared for his torment, a place of torture where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth, where the, where the worm will never be satisfied, where there will be sulfur and brimstone. It would be a lake of fire. There would be darkness and, and, and just awful dread. And you talk about fear, panic, dread, anxiety. It's all there. But it was not prepared as a throne room for the devil. People think that he rules a kingdom from hell. He doesn't have a throne in hell. That's his place of torment. It's for him. A throne in hell. That's his place of torment. It's for him. But there will be people that will end up there. And the only reason why they end up there is not because God is, is not loving. It's not because God uh, hates them. It's not because God is, is punishing them. Uh, uh, you're a dirty sinner. You're going to hell. No, it's because God is so holy. He is so pure. He is so full of love. And, and if, if God kicked out Satan and a third of the angels along with him because of pride, he's not going to allow any contaminants back into heaven. The Bible says no one, no flesh can stand before God and live. No, no flesh can glory in the presence of God. God's power is so intense, it would literally consume them. The reason why people will end up in hell is because of a simple refusal to receive the gift of God, the love of Jesus, the sacrifice of his son. That's it. There's no other reason. There is no other place to go. You either go to heaven to be with the Lord Jesus, with his angels and those who fell asleep in Christ and those that are uh, in heaven, or you're going to end up in the hell with everybody else. There's no other where to go. There's no such thing as purgatory. So apart from Christ, if you are willfully disobedient, if you have decided in your heart, nah, I'm not ready to serve the Lord. Guess what? You've already made a decision. If you're not serving Christ, you are already a child of disobedience, a child of the enemy, of the devil. It's that simple. So you thought you could make it on your own. You thought you could say, nah, you know what? I don't believe in God. There's no such thing as God. All this stuff you're preaching is just to get me more afraid. I, you know, listen, the Bible's very clear. Psalm 14, 1, it says, the fool has said in his heart, there is no God. They are corrupt. They have done abominable works. There is no one who does good. Now, let me tell you, those are not my words. Those are the Bible's words. Amen. I'm just a messenger. So don't hate on me. Hallelujah. I'm just trying to keep you uh, uh, on, on the level path here. Let me let me tell you a little bit about uh, a thing that I read this week. There's an old Hasidic woman who tells a story of when God led the children of Israel out of Egypt and brought them over to cross the Red Sea as if it was dry land. You remember the story. All of the angels in heaven were rejoicing and dancing and celebrating at the deliverance of God's holy people from Egypt and from the armies of Pharaoh. And one angel from among all of the others stepped out and went up to the archangel uh, uh, Michael and asked the archangel Michael, where is God? Why isn't he here celebrating with us? And Michael answered him, he's over there weeping 
over the thousands of Egyptian souls that were just drowned in the Red Sea. While this is an illustration, it, it gives you a little glimpse, a peek of the love of God. It's a type of love that we could never understand. In one sense, he's delivering his people, and in the other, he's smiting the enemy. But he loves everyone equally and the same. He loves every one of us. He doesn't want anyone to perish. God loves every one of us. That He loves us so much that what he's doing is he is giving you time. He is giving us a little bit more time to go after him, to draw after him, to come to him, to receive his love, to receive his mercy. That We read earlier that God is not slack concerning his promise. So people of God, listen, don't get it twisted. We don't have a lot of time. If you look outside, the sign of the times are everywhere. I never thought in my whole life that I would see the whole world be locked up in their house. Every country in the whole planet is locked down. The whole world. You could see this has never happened before. And this is only the beginning of sorrows, the beginning of birth pains. And, and the earth is already in travail. It's groaning. It's shifting. The earth wants the Lord to come back and turn everything back to normal again. Jesus is coming soon. Don't make the mistake of thinking that there's a lot of time left. Praise the Lord. I believe that we're about to be launched. God is using this time to get the church to be refocused. Those that have been cold, those that have been sitting home, those that have been uh, uh, just waiting around for something to happen. The Bible says, look, no one knows the day nor the hour, but you will know when the end is near. Behold, you will know when it's even at the door. So don't be deceived. Don't think that there's still a lot of time. You know, just like the Bible says, when you see all these signs, when you see all these things, it's like a woman in childbirth. If you've ever seen a woman in labor, I've seen my wife, hallelujah. But a woman in labor, once the water breaks, guess what? You got a baby coming. It could be a few hours. It could be uh, 12 hours. It could be 16 hours a day. See these signs, the signs of the times. Don't be naive to think there's still time. The bag has broken. It's going to be a bit. It says that Christ may dwell in your heart through faith, that you being rooted and grounded in love of Christ, which passes knowledge, that you may be filled with all the fullness of of God. This is the love that God wants to demonstrate to you today. This is the love that he's trying to pour out on every person on this line today. The Bible says that one day with the Lord is like a thousand years and a thousand years is like one day. We talked a little bit about that last Wednesday. There are seven church ages. Uh, it took 2,000 years to complete this whole cycle, this whole seven stages. We are now the final church that final church age the bible calls it the church of laodicea it is the seventh church age which is the lukewarm church moment boom the rapture of the church i believe it's happening it's gonna happen i believe we are the generation that is walking the earth jesus said this generation shall not pass that means you and i we're seeing all these things he said the generation that is alive to witness all these events, that generation shall not pass. I can't go into that. will condemn. 
The word of God, people, is very clear. I know this is a hard word. Hallelujah. I hope you still love me after this one. Praise God. But I tell you the truth. I'm held to a high standard. If I don't tell you the truth, the blood, the Bible says in Ezekiel 33, the blood will be on my hands and I will have to give account for your decision. But if I'm telling you the truth as the word of God is truth and I'm telling you and I'm giving you fair warning and you don't receive the warning and you deny the truth, then guess what? The blood is no longer on my hands, but on your hands. Romans 13, 11, and do this knowing that the time that it is now high time to awake out of your sleep for now our salvation is nearer than when we first believed. Romans 13, 11. Romans 13, 11. Many of us are lulled to sleep by the enemy. I can tell you there are times when I'm, I'm preaching at church and I'll, I'll, I'll see people knocked out, oh, you know, drool and everything, knocked out. And oftentimes they'll be the ones that will come after church and say, Pastor, that was a powerful word. Hallelujah. Praise God. We needed it. And, and I'm tempted to say, yeah, what part of the word? Because she was knocked out the whole time. Listen, while we're sleeping, the enemy's laughing at you. While you're asleep at the wheel, the enemy's laughing at you. It's not time to sleep. The Bible is charging us, wake up out of your slumber. So many people are in the valley. They're in the valley of disbelief. They're in the valley of arrogance and foolish pride. They're in the valley. Second Peter 3, we read it earlier. Actually, this is the, the beginning part of that chapter, verses 3 through 4. Listen to what the word says. Knowing this first, that scoffers will come in the last days, walking according to their own lust and saying, where is the promise of his coming? For since the fathers fell asleep, all things continue as they were from the beginning of creation. God has already proven to the world that he is serious about judging sin. I went to a conference last week, uh, Answers in Genesis, and I learned something pretty powerful. Did you know that all the fossils, there are probably uh, several hundred million, if not a billion fossils all over the world. I'm not a geologist, so I can't break down the whole scientific method of how the fossils are are. are, are are made but there has to be some type of event a traumatic uh, uh, event that causes the fossils to be stuck in place and the only logical explanation is the flood a worldwide flood but what the fossils tell us the fossils are actually a historical record of god's of god's judgment on the entire planet earth just in case you're thinking, God wouldn't do that to me. God loves me so much. He wouldn't do that to me. No, not only did he destroy the whole world, he took everything out. He took everything out. Plant life, flowers, people, everything, bugs. Not only that, he did it again. Sodom and Gomorrah. He destroyed the whole city of Sodom and Gomorrah because of their sin. 
Did you know that when we read and see pictures and videos of pestilence and plagues and famines, these are all judgments of God. This is the wrath of God being poured out on mankind. If you think that what we're seeing now is scary, this is only the beginning. It's going to get so much worse. The Bible says that before it gets worse, guess what's going to happen? This is why it's so cool to be a Christian, because before that, that traumatic time is unleashed. Uh, it's a seven year period. I have explanations of all the stuff. I just posted something on my Facebook about this hologram uh, type of thing in the sky. And you got all these people, know-it-alls. Oh, it's it's the, the blue beam thing, something that NASA developed or whatever. Here's the reality. Let's say uh, that that's true. The Bible never says, I was talking with Brother Richie, the Bible never says how the signs and wonders are going to be in the heavens above and in the earth below. But it said we will see strange things. We will see strange sights. Guess what? You're seeing it. Whether you like it or not, whether you believe it or not, these are strange phenomenon that are happening all over the world. And people are just brushing it off. Like the Bible says, as in the days of Noah, they saw Noah pounding with a hammer. They've never seen rain. They didn't know what rain was. They never had a flood. There was a firmament affixed around the whole earth. They didn't even have sunlight coming through. And when Noah was building a boat on dry land, thousand miles away from the nearest ocean, they thought he was crazy. And he had a message to give to the people for 120 years. He worked all day and then he went out at night. And the only thing he said, it's going to rain. It's going to rain. Repent. It's going to rain. That was his message for 120 years. The only thing he said, it's going to rain. It's going to rain. Repent. It's going to rain. That was his message for 120 years. And do you know how many people received the message? Only his own family. There was eight people spared on that ark. And the Bible says self closed the ark with his finger. And that's when the rains came. And that's when everybody's like, please, I, I didn't mean to, 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 to deny. I didn't mean to walk away. I, I didn't mean to, to, to not pay attention. And it's going to be too late. Praise the Lord. I get excited. I get pumped up. Hallelujah. Let me tell you this, this, the Bible says, if those days were not cut short, there would be no flesh alive on planet earth. So that seven year period will, will cause the great day of the Lord, which is the second coming of Christ. And we will come back with him riding on white horses. Hallelujah. But second Peter three, seven, it says, but the heavens and the earth, which are now preserved by the same word are reserved for fire until the day of judgment and perdition of ungodly men. So, God first destroyed the earth with a flood. He said, I will never again do that. He put a, a rainbow in the sky as a promise that he would never destroy the earth by water again. But doesn't mean that he won't destroy the earth again. He's going to do it the next time with fire, with a fervent heat. Do you know why God hasn't destroyed the world now with all the, the killing of, of innocent life in, in the name of abortion, of convenience? Do you know why God hasn't destroyed us now with all the, and all the things that we do in our own nation? It's because he loves you. What 1 Thessalonians 4 verses 13 through 18 says, because it's very important that you hear this says, but I do not want you to be ignorant, brethren, concerning those who have fallen asleep. That means people that have died in the faith. 
lest you sorrow as others who have no hope. For if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so God will bring with him those who sleep in Jesus. For this we say to you by the word of the Lord, that we who are alive and remain until the coming of the Lord will by no means precede those who are asleep. For the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of an archangel, and with the trumpet of God, and the dead in Christ will rise first. And then we who are alive and remain shall be caught up together to be with them in the clouds, to meet the Lord in the air, and thus we shall always be with the Lord. Therefore, comfort one another with these words. Jesus, saints of God, Jesus is coming back. He's going to take us away from all this chaos that we're seeing here. Uh, all hell will break loose afterwards. You don't want to be here for that. I have to ask you, are you ready to meet God face to face? Are you ready to be with the Lord? Do you have a relationship with God? We are now free to receive or reject the love of Christ. We are also fully responsible for the decisions that we make, whether we make it or not. God has given you free will. He has given you the ability to choose your own desire. The Bible says God loves you so much, he would allow you the desires of your own heart. And if your heart desires not to serve the Lord, you have already made a decision by default. And truthfully, he will grant you the desire of your own heart. 2 Peter 3.10. Listen to this. It says, but the day of the Lord, that means a second coming of the, the rapture, excuse me. The day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night in which the heavens will pass away with a great noise and the elements will melt with fervent heat. Both the earth and the works that are in it will be burnt up. So let me re retract. That is the, sec the second coming of Christ because immediately after that, he's going to reform the whole earth and we'll be back on planet earth again. Hallelujah. John 1 12, it says, but as many as has received him, to them he gave the right to become children of God, to those given the right to be children of God. Amen. The word of God says he's going to create a new heaven and a new earth, and we will rule and reign with Christ Jesus again. So it's a time for us to have something to look forward to. This is not going to last forever. Our body is not meant to live forever. The tribulation the judgment that's coming on earth is not going to be for you and me. Amen? Now, uh, because of the fact that I keep saying God's going to reserve us, that God's going to protect us, keep us from the... I want to give you some verses so that you could put that in your Bible, in your notebook, to comfort yourself with these truths. 1 Thessalonians 1, 10. It says, even Jesus, who delivers us from the wrath to come. Revelations 3, 10. Because you have kept my command to persevere, I will also keep you from the hour of trial which shall come upon the whole world to test those who dwell on the earth. Now, Romans 5, 9, much more than having now been justified by his blood, we shall be saved from wrath through him. Let me let me tell you, you've heard 
Christians. You've seen it on Facebook. You've seen it all over. You're hearing it now more than ever. I'm covered by the blood. I'm covered by the blood. Now you understand we're justified by the blood of Christ. We're covered by the blood of Christ. It's the blood of Christ that, that will separate us from the things that are happening in this world. Are you washed in the blood? We sing this song in our church. There's nothing like the blood of Jesus, right? Is the blood of Jesus covering over you? If it is, then you will hear these words someday when you stand before God. He will look upon you as you're drenched and covered in the blood of Jesus Christ. And he'll look at you and he'll say, well done, good and faithful servant. And you know what? It's not because of your acts of righteousness. It's not because of your good works. It's because you're covered by the blood. And when he looks at you, he's looking at the blood of his son, Jesus, that is covering over you. And he's saying, well done good and faithful servant enter into the joy of the Lord because the blood of Jesus covers over you and the blood washes over multitudes of sin so in light of this truth how then should we live again we read all these fearful uh, 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 scriptures about what God's going to do to the world but what are we supposed to do while we're waiting for the day of the Lord what are we supposed to do how are we supposed to conduct ourselves Verses 11, 13 gives us the answers. It says to be holy, conduct ourselves holy with God, live righteously. This is again, 2 Peter 3, verses 11 through 13. You see, we need to be credible. I can't stress this enough. So many times I'm out in the street, my wife and I were evangelizing, we're talking to different people and they're always telling us, yeah, I'm Christian, I'm Christian. And you know what the next words out of our mouth is? Are you a born again Christian? Are you blood brought, washed by the blood of Jesus? Many people say, um, what's that? And listen, it shouldn't be of, of a mystery. Even Nicodemus, the teacher of Israel, asked Jesus, what does it mean to be born again? Does it mean I have to return to my mother's womb? How is that even possible? Jesus said, dude, you're a teacher of all Israel. You're the one that's supposed to teach the people of God, the chosen people, and you don't know? He said, that which is born of flesh is flesh. What is born of flesh is born in water. But that which is born of spirit is born of spirit, the blood of Jesus. It makes you alive again. When you're born again, you come alive in the spirit. You need to be a credible witness. When you see someone that gives their heart to Christ, there's a genuine change. There's a refusal of them to do the things that they used to do, not because they're trying to be a robot, not because somebody's telling them, but because they want to honor God. Because as they start going out and partying and doing the things that they used to do, they don't feel the same sense of joy and pleasure. They're like, wait a minute, I shouldn't be here. I feel terrible. And then they go back home and they weep before God. Oh God, I failed you. Oh God, forgive me. I'm sorry. There's a genuine conviction and they respond to it. The Bible says sincere sorrow brings forth repentance, never to be repented of. Again, 2 Corinthians 7, 10. That means the sorrow of God will produce in you a repentant heart. But the, the sorrow of the world is really the sorrow for getting caught. 
It's human sorrow. It doesn't last. That's why people can rob 15 banks and the 16th time they get caught and they go before the judge and they're weeping. I didn't mean to do it. Oh God, please forgive me. Have mercy. But what about the 15 other times you robbed the bank? That's human sorrow. Godly sorrow produces repentance, never to do it again, never to go backwards. Will it, will that mean that we won't fall? No, of course. The Bible says the righteous fall down seven times and they get back up again. You brush off and you keep on moving. You stay in the fight. You walk by faith and not by sight. And you keep forging forward, trusting that you'll grow every day and you'll learn from every experience. But you live to please God. We have to be credible witnesses. Praise the Lord. The Bible says in verse 14 of Second Peter 3 that we should be diligent to live in peace. That means to be without spot, to be blameless. That means that your actions line up with your words. You say you're a child of God, but you're drinking, you're smoking weed, you're partying, you're having a, a sexual relations with your boyfriend, girlfriend outside of wedlock. That that doesn't jive. Those types of things are, are a shame, a disgrace to God. God is not pleased with that. And then on top of that, to make it worse, we're, we're saying, let's pray. God, we just praise you. We thank you for this weed. This is the best weed I've ever smoked. Can you see the deception? Can you see the absolute insanity of sin? We're so self-deceived uh, uh, and, and self-absorbed that we can't even see the truth when it's right in front of our face. God says, be without spot, without blemish, live right, undefiled, pure and holy. Be set apart. We think that holiness is unattainable. But the reality is to be holy is just to be set apart, set apart for works of righteousness, set apart unto God. No, my life belongs to the Lord. Come on, man. You ain't going to the club with us. You know, DJ Ricky Rick is going to, I don't know, whoever. The DJ Paulie Paul is going to be in the club. I don't care. That doesn't stimulate me. Why, how about this? Why don't you come with me tomorrow to church? How about you get your praise on? How about you come to the father's house? You know, it's a different lifestyle. You're set apart from the things of the world. God has given us fair warning. Verse 17, he says he wants you to be prepared for the oncoming storm. It says, you therefore, beloved, since you know this beforehand, beware lest you fall from your own steadfastness, being led away with the error of the wicked. Do you know what that term means to be an apostate? Uh, not an apostle, an apostate. Apostate is someone who falls away from the faith. Someone who says, I can't take winning apostate. He says, it's very, uh, 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 it's very important that you be set apart, that you be blameless, that you be holy. How many people are out of work? Don't be afraid. This is not the time to panic. This is a thousand people came to the Lord. In one day, I believe we're going to see that happen greater than anyone who calls on me. It will, will, 29, it says, and we know that all things work together for the good to those who love God, to those who are the called according to his purpose, for whom he foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his son, that he might be the firstborn among the brethren. 
If you want to know how to get saved, Romans 10, 9 through 13, I'm going to read them. It says that if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart, one believes unto righteousness and with the mouth, confession is made unto salvation. For the scripture says, whoever believes in him will not be put to shame. For there is no distinction between Jew or Greek. For the same Lord over all is rich to all who call upon him. For whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. And once again, Acts 3.19, you've heard me say this already. It says, repent therefore and be converted that your sins may be blotted out so that times of refreshing may come in the presence of the Lord. Let me tell you as I'm closing now. Jesus Christ is the hope of glory. He is the refreshment of your soul. He is the living water. He is the door. He is the gate. He is the way, the truth, and the life. And he said in John 14, 6, no man comes to the Father but through me. Are you prepared to walk through the door? You know, I think of insurance policies. People pay for insurance policies to protect themselves in the event of an unfortunate loss. All types of insurance. But I, I did a little research. Tina Turner, uh, an entertainer, uh, Entertainment Tonight co-host, Mary Hart, both of them have insured their legs. Jimmy Durante insured his big nose for $50,000. Bruce Springsteen and Rod Stewart both insured their voices for $6 million. The food critic, Egon Rene, has insured a $400,000 policy uh, insuring his taste buds. The chef taster for Breyer's Grand Ice Cream insures his tasting ability for $1 million. Boxers insure their fist and, and, and so on and so on. A lot of people insure their hands, their feet, their, their musical ability, all different things to ensure that if something should go wrong, they could still have a living. Fear and caution a lot of times are the driving forces that, that call people to, to purchase these insurance policies. And some have even gone to Jesus Christ as an insurance policy to protect themselves from the fire of hell. Well, I know if I get my Jesus policy on, I'm not going to go to hell. God doesn't want you to be afraid of hell. God doesn't want you to be afraid of this world. God doesn't want you to be afraid of, of the dread and the panic and all the other stuff that's going on. He says, if you're going to be afraid of anything, fear me. Because I have the power to take your life and then to throw you in hell after that. The, the, the second death. God doesn't want to do that. He wants to love you. He wants to spend the rest of eternity with you. God doesn't want you to follow this world. You are in this world but you are not of this world. It's time for you to renew your thinking, to ask God to refresh you in your thought process, to cleanse your mind. Romans 12, 2, it says, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Prepare yourself in the Lord. Renew yourself now in the Spirit of God. 
Fall in love with Jesus once again for those that have been serving for years and are getting cold and are getting weak and are getting frail and weary. The Bible says don't get weary in well-doing. Now's not the time to, to lose heart and to be faint. Jesus is coming. Return to your first love. For those that have never met Christ, today is the day of salvation. Be wise. Choose you this day whom you will serve. For soon and very soon, we are going to see the King. God bless you, saints of the Most High God. We are so grateful to God for allowing us the opportunity to share this message with you. Thank you for listening. We want you to know that you are all in our constant prayers. If you've been blessed by today's program, why not consider partnering with us? To make a donation is easy. You can visit us online at www.specchurch.net or you can call us at 845-956-0133. Once again, that's www.specchurch.net or 845-956-0133. We invite you to worship with us one Sunday morning soon. Thank you again for your prayers and support. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. God bless you.